0: Welcome to Kingdom Life Embassy. We're so glad you chose to tune in to another power-packed message by Dr. Maxwell Holland. If you are enjoying these podcasts, then connect with him on Facebook at Maxwell Holland. Thanks again for joining us. We hope you enjoy today's message. Father, thank you this morning for your precious word. Thank you for your people. Help us this morning to discern what you're saying and what you're doing. We're so grateful for being in the kingdom of God. We're so grateful for the tremendous work you're doing in and through our lives. Your name be glorified in this place. I pray as I make sounds, you make sense. But give your people understanding. Ask the Lord this morning, say, give me understanding. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. There was an offer from Atlanta to stay there and pastor a church there. And so, I'm, I'm, I got a couple of decisions to make. I'm kidding. It was like straight. No, I made for Africa. I'll get bored. I'm telling you, I'll get bored in America. America's got everything going for them. And there's money flowing. Oh, my word. And so, I said, no. Africa, I come alive in Africa. I'm home. Uh, and there's a new... Facebook page called I'm staying so that's me I'm staying we here we here we here to build with the Lord it's good to be home I'm trying to get my mind right because I am supposed to be preaching this morning Ecclesiastes verse 9 chapter 9 verse 11 I want to teach this morning about discerning the time and maximizing your moment discerning the time that you are in and maximizing the moment that you're having with God. If there's anything that I would like to help a generation with, is to deal with the gift of discernment. This morning, we're going to ask the Holy Spirit to activate the gift of discernment in everyone in this place. Because many people are struggling, even though they are gifted. In fact, let me, give me your scripture to say. What I, to let you know what I'm saying. I returned and I saw under the sun that the race is not to the swift. He mentions five things in that scripture. One is the swift. He says, The race is not to the swift, nor the battle to the strong, nor bread to the wise, nor riches to men of understanding, nor favor to men of skill. But time and chance happen to them all. So, he's unpacking some things. He says, there's the swift, there's the strong, there's the wise. Then we have men of understanding and men of skill. He says, but the race is not, or this battle, or this bread to the wise or the riches to men. It says, it doesn't work that way. He says, you've got to pay attention to time and chance he says because it's going to come for everyone because time and chance happen to them all I'll tell your neighbor I'm not missing my moment so what he's saying there he says being first out of the blocks number one when he speaks there he says the race is on to the swift So being first out of the blocks does not guarantee you first place on the podium if or even that you will finish your race. God bless you. It's good to be home. We get so caught up with people who have been born into wealthy families or even had a great upbringing and a great education. But there's no guarantee that being born into a great house that you will become great. Because greatness is not automatic. You just have to go and study Prince Andrew. When you go and study his life, he's been hanging out with a bunch of rogues across the globe. Okay, I'm saying it. But he's been born in a palace. And just because you belong to royalty doesn't mean that you become great. Because greatness is not automatic. So even though it be swift for them, even though the race is, it's not to the swift, even though you have a a good start out of the starting blocks, does not mean that you're going to finish your race. Does not mean that you're going to finish strong. Does not mean that you're going to be first on the podium. There's no guarantee for that. He's saying, you're going to have to have, you can take, you can be from two comps list with one blessing. No amens. Okay. You can be from Cory, with nothing going for you. Scraping through matric with one blessing in your life. And God can move you around boardroom tables into Chicago. Come on, somebody. Come on. I want you to be encouraged this morning. Because some of you are thinking that this belongs to a certain group of people. And I'm this morning here to this. It's, it's a myth. To think that someone's got a great education and they'll be around those boardroom tables or building strategies because the race is not to the swift. He says, Number two, no other battle to the strong. Being the strongest does not mean you will get to the top. If you're going to climb Mount Everest, you're really going to need what they have there is a Sherpa, somebody who can help you climb. Because there are people that got little frames, but they'll get to the top way before you, and even alive, and others have died along the way. Why? Because this the battle is not to the strong, and sometimes people's strength becomes their downfall. Somebody with a, with a small frame. Somebody who can, who can understand what to do. Number three, it says, no bread to the wise. Having an education does not always translate to bread on the table. Are you hearing me this morning? You, you're very quiet. I said, having an education does not mean there'll be bread on the table. Because there is wisdom that comes from man and then there's wisdom that comes from above. And the wisdom that comes from above is going to supersede any kind of wisdom that man could think of and come up with. So there's a sensual and an earthly and a demonic kind of wisdom. And so the world is full of educated derelicts. degreed people walking the streets tells you that we have a problem. Because being wise or having degrees does not mean that you automatically can pay your house of cash or do things for the kingdom of God. Number four, men of understanding. People who claim they have understanding, think, hear me, knowledge is the parts of a plane. So you might have knowledge about the parts of the plane. That's a plane part. Understanding is the ability to put the parts together. Wisdom is the ability to fly the plane. So you need wisdom, understanding, and you need knowledge. But it says men of understanding, it says riches does not necessarily go to men of understanding. Because if these men in our nation had understanding, then surely South Africa should be working. Surely you won't pass a stupid kind of laws that you can't spank your kids. It's quiet in this church. Because if you had understanding, you'd know how to put a family together, a business plan together, an idea together. Because understanding converts ideas and strategies into riches. It should. Number five, men of skill. It says, I've returned and so under the sun that the rest is the swift. No the battle to the strong, no no bread to the wise, no riches to men of understanding, no favor to men of skill. That means you can have skill but no favor upon your life. Having the skill to do the job does not guarantee the job is yours. Somebody say favor. You need favor. Somebody needs to understand that even though you are so qualified, some people are so skilled and companies can tell them that you're even overqualified for this position. Some people don't even have the skill, but they have the favor of God upon their lives. Favor will take you further than genius. Great skill does not mean you get to sit around the table, child of God. You must understand the importance of what I'm saying this morning. People are better skilled in authoring books, but without the favor of God, the book's going nowhere oh, you're not hearing me. I've just written a book and doing, the book's doing things and going places and I got the message this morning from the guy who had his delivery in the UK and he says this book is awesome and it's amazing. Why? Because just because you have a skill to do something does not mean that you're going to actually finish your race or do anything great. You need the favor of God upon your life. So it doesn't matter how swift you are, how strong you are, how wise you are, how much understanding you have, it doesn't matter how much skill you have, your degree counts for nothing because you're going to have to need something else. And I want to speak about that this morning. Your experience is going to count for nothing with the fourth industrial revolution. Tell your neighbor, don't let what you know Keep you from what you need to know. No, say it like Like you need to know. Yeah, like I'm saying it to you. Say like you need to know. Amen. He says, even though you have all five of these things, you're going to have to add something called time and chance. Because if you don't discern the moment with God, even though you have all of that, you're never going to reach your destiny. You're never going to get to the top into your highest payday with God. Because there are deals and miracles and things that are moving all every single day. The stock exchanges open up all the time. The question is, why aren't you in on it? If there's a current C, why are you not in the current of what God is doing? What what you need is not skill. You need to discern the time. You need discernment of the moment that you are in. So Matthew chapter 25 and verse 14. I'm laying a foundation and I want you to get it. Matthew chapter 25 and verse 14. For the kingdom of heaven is like a man who traveling to a far country who called his own servants and delivered his goods to them. Track with me guys. And to one he gave five talents, to one he gave two and to another one. To each one, according to his own ability, immediately went on a journey. That tells you everyone in the kingdom of God has got a talent. Everyone in this place. If you got born again, even not born again, there is a talent on the inside of you. Because that's God. God is just. And to one, he's not fair, but he's just. Because he gave some one and others five, according to their own ability. Because if it was fair, everybody should get five. But it's just, everybody's got at least one. At least. To one he gave five, and so when he had, uh, just go back to to, to verse 15. Uh, He gave five, two, two, and one according to their ability. And immediately he went on a journey. Then he, he who had received the five talents went and traded with them and made another five talents. And likewise he who had received two gained two more also. But he had received one, went and dug in the ground, and hid his Lord's money. After a long time, the Lord of those servants came and settled accounts with them. So he had received five talents, came and brought five other talents, saying, Lord, you delivered to me five talents. Look, I've gained five more talents besides them. His Lord said to him, well done, good and faithful servant. You are faithful over a few things. I will make you ruler over many things. Enter into the joy of your Lord. He also had received two talents, came and said, Lord, you delivered to me two talents. Look, I've gained two more talents besides them. His Lord said to them, well done, good and faithful servant. You've been faithful over a few things. I'll make you ruler over many things. Enter into the joy of the Lord. Then he had received one talent, came and said to the Lord, Lord, you, I knew you to be a hard man, reaping where you've not sown and gathering where you've not scattered seed. And besides, you know, I'm colored. And I was afraid and went and hid your talent in the ground. Look, there you have what is yours. But his Lord answered and said to him, You wicked and lazy servant. You knew that I reap where I have not sown and gather where I have not scattered seed. So you ought to have deposited my money with the bankers. And at my coming, I would have received back my own with interest. Here's the interesting thing to me. I've read all of this to help you understand something. Nowhere in that scripture does he tell the one who's got five how to make five. Nowhere in the scriptures does he tell the one who's got two how to make two. The one who had one takes it and hides it. What happened to the other two? I mean, my my, my issue in Africa is really, I'm going to write a book called The One Talent Man because there are people who's got one talent, but they don't think they got anything, and they're never using it for the kingdom of God. Here's the problem. It was not that he never had the talent. He never understood time and chance. Because when his moment came, and I'm telling you every single day, there are opportunities for you to use your gift, to maximize your moment, to work with God, every single one of us have been given an opportunity from God to take your life and to multiply it back for God. Every day God speaking to you about the book that must be written. Every day God speaking to you about how to move on that business idea, how to serve in the church, how to work with God. Every Because the moments are coming by every single one of us. And because of the lack of discernment, People aren't buying into what God is doing. So, I have the book and I'm, the sales are going well and God has been amazing. And I, I leave the service here and I'm at home. I'm listening to T.D. Jakes. And he says, I have never received a second offering. But today God's speaking in my heart, a thousand dollars for somebody that can And the Holy Spirit says to me, that's your moment I created for you. Discernment. By Monday morning, that money was transferred into his account already. A thousand US dollars. I mean, if you want to reap with Zimbabwean dollar, then go ahead and sow in Zimbabwean dollars. But I wanted the US dollar. Come on, somebody. Because you sow in the direction you want your life to go. So when I get to the United States, the opening night, I'm hearing, tonight we're receiving a thousand US dollars to make sure that the conference budget is covered. The Holy Spirit says to me, that's your moment to sow. A thousand US dollars. on the altar because you're discerning the time. In the week, as we're going along, the Holy Spirit says to me, you're preaching on Sunday in Atlanta, every book that you sell, Bahamas is in trouble, a hurricane came through, Hurricane Doreen and Dorian and just blew through the place and Some people just got absolutely nothing. The Lord said, take all the proceeds and you sow it into the project. You take nothing. Sow it. The whole week, God's speaking to us of of sowing because you learn to hear the voice of the Holy Spirit. Nobody manipulating. I'm a child of God and you're a child of God. And nobody has to manipulate you. What is God dealing with? He's dealing with your destiny. When God is asking you to serve, He's dealing with your destiny. Because God's making every one of us sensitive to the moment and the time that you were in. And the problem is with this one, the one talent man, is that because he lacks the gift of discernment, he doesn't think that that's his moment. So people come, ah, we then thought it's my Pastor Ilse going to be here. I wanted a word from the Lord. God gave you a word last week from Pastor Brian. When you begin to see things shift the way God is doing what He's doing, then you must pay attention. Because God is speaking to you. And this morning, we're going to pray that God begins to help you. Because some of you are even putting things on social media that because of a lack of discernment, it's messing up. The boy is looking on your profile and saying, You've got to become sensitive. You now need the Holy Spirit to lead you and to guide you into all truth. You can't be insensitive in a moment like this anymore. The Holy Spirit's speaking to every one of us. And you think it's about, you think sometimes it's just about, about money. You're kidding me. God's dealing with our attitudes. God's dealing with that 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 unbelief inside of you. We in September. And it's spring, we should be digging up that soil. I love this month. I love this season. Why? I want God to remove the things from me that's stopping me from producing for the kingdom of God. So let God have his will and let God have his way. Please shout amen in this church. How can you let your whole life Go by when Jesus comes back. You say you, you you took your talent and you hid it. You wouldn't risk it. Do you know I me mean? risk we've taken in this ministry? Before, before I um came to service this morning, my friend called me up and his church. I had to go past his, his church. All of them standing in a parking lot because the the building's locked. And I went there to him, just stopped over, hugged him, prayed and said, my brother, whatever you need for this house here, come. Have your service here if you need to. But we love you and we believe in the kingdom of God. Because the Lord said to me, how can you drive right past his church on your way to your church and ignore his plight? Are you like that same priest who walked on the other side when it was his moment to become? Are you being insensitive to the Holy Spirit? I said, we'll have all the technical equipment, we'll have all the chairs that you want, whatever your service is. If it's 4 o'clock this afternoon, we'll have everything that you need so that your service can continue. Why? When you're driving, are you sensitive to what the Holy Spirit is saying? And this is the reason why some of you need to go get into a place of real training. Just get up and go to the connect groups and be involved in what's happening or We're starting something called uh, the Payday Project for coaches where you can actually coach somebody but you can't coach somebody outside of the timing of God. Because, let me give you a scripture. Give me the book of Psalms, I think it's Psalm 62. There was a scripture. Psalms 62 verse, there we go. 11. God has spoken once. Twice I've heard this. That power belongs to God. God speaks once, He speaks through His Word. So you stand on what God has said, but you are moved by what God is saying. Because God has only spoken once through His Word. But when you read His Word, the Holy Spirit will read you. When you read Him, He'll read your files. Because now God speaks. As you open up the Bible and you begin to study, look, look. How many of you know that healing is God's will for your life? You stand on what He has said. But what if you've been touched with an affliction? You now need to hear Him say which doctor to go to. You know it's God's will to prosper you. But what company must you start? Because you know it's God's will. Most people are stuck in a place where you shouldn't be in their job. And I'm telling you today, this is not the Holy Spirit speaking. I did not say you must leave your job. I'm saying you're stuck in a place because you went after money. And you went after your flesh. But you never led, weren't led by the Holy Spirit. And you now need to learn the principles of the kingdom of God. Give me the frame. Please. Now that you, do you know that who you are in Christ? Are you born again? Are you born again? Say it like you ate something. Say amen. The person of Christ is settled. You are the righteousness of God. There's no condemnation. The next level that you're now operating in and why I wrote the book called Your Payday is to help you understand principles. The principles is the next level so that the next layer, so that you can come into your highest payday. That's where the book is positioned. Your gift is in there, relationships are in there, and traveling the globe and all that goes with that, um, uh, that your gift will make room for you and to bring you into your highest payday. That's why we've written the book. The principles in that level now, you need to understand in First Samuel 22, verse 1. Just know where we're positioned. We're trying to bring principles for everybody. I'm here training you up on principles so that everybody can come into what God has got for them. You're not convinced. You're not convinced. David therefore departed from there and escaped to the cave of Adullam. So David has been anointed as king, but now he's killed Goliath. David's singing, uh, they, They're singing about Saul's thousands, but David's ten thousand. Saul is jealous. He now has to run. But David is already anointed as king. But David is on the, the principles level. He's now applying kingdom principles before he steps into Zion and operates with the power of God. So David's in the cave of Adullam. So when his brothers and all his father's house heard it, they went down there to them, to him. And everyone who was in distress, everyone who was in debt, everyone who was discontented gathered to him. So he became captain over them and there were about 400 men with him. So now David is finding out, this is, these are family members and they're dysfunctional. They're in debt and they're in trouble. So David now has to raise up a standard and give everybody the same principles of how to operate on this level. Are you with me? He's bringing them out of the village. They're in the cave of Adullam, but he's training them up on principles. And so where David has taken Goliath's head off with the sword, everybody became giant slayers on that level. You're not hearing me. Everybody on that level became giant slayers. So if on this level, Sam and Beth can go and travel and have holidays in Rome, based upon the principle, everybody on this level, you're missing your moment to shout. I'm telling you, you're missing your moment. I'm trying to help you understand the importance of this moment. Because we're now functioning out of honor principles And the training that needs to take place at this level is different than it is in the world. It's different. It's different. Now, what we need in this moment is the gift of discernment. I'm not trying to share about finances and all that comes with it because I'm trying to boast. I'm trying to show you the principles that are working for me. If you don't apply them, it's fine. But when you find people coming and say, Pastor, it works, it works, it works. And I'm going to say to you, I know, I know, I know. know. Because the principles will work for anybody. The Bible says in every nation, it doesn't matter who you are. If you apply the principles, you get the same results. I said you get the same results. So on this level, you, you might have come from a dysfunctional space and how they did business and how they did family. But on this level, there are, there are, there are, there are principles of honor and there are principles that we function out of that if you're not using your gift, it's, it's, it's affecting all of us. If you're not having the gift of discernment and saying this is the time to write that book or to get involved, um, we, we're busy with an academy and we need many people that can come and teach. We need the teachers. We need We need the writers of books. We need assistance on so many levels because you bring this academy up to a level which is going to include all your your in Christ teachings and kingdom and you need to be a part of that. And if you don't know by now, we've got a florist in here. Oh, you don't know about that? So you can order your your flowers from here. So uh, I'm hearing last weekly and how the cars were riding from here to Houghton and everywhere else because the business is running already. No one broke, no one's sick. You're hearing me this morning. I said no one's broke and no one is sick. No one is unfruitful in this house. No, no, under the sound of, no, 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 these are principles. Because this is where everybody functions and everybody's home is blessed. And everybody's house is fruitful. There's money in everybody's pockets. Come on, somebody. Everybody is healed by the stripes of Jesus. Everybody is fulfilling their purpose in this place. Why? Unfruitful people attract curses. And you're not under a curse. You are blessed. You are healed. You are delivered. You start to sow your life into one of these businesses. You'll get the principle. And you'll begin to understand what is needed across the globe. I'm training you around that. Why? The principles are for everybody. And I'm telling you, the youngsters are beginning to run this stuff. There is no reason for one person to be broke in this church. Not one. The vision for the land and all that's coming together now, is going to be pretty awesome. And God is doing an amazing work in our lives. I need to share some more. So David, you see, order in your house and order in my house that we come from is different. So, we all need the word of God to bring order. And if you're dishonorable on this level, you can't live here. You can't. That's why Judas can't live up here because Judas violates the honor principle. So, he's going to die spiritually. So, now that I have your attention, can I start preaching? Job 13, verse 2. When Adam sinned, Adam and Eve, they fell into a place of an inferiority complex where they were hiding from God and felt ashamed. Your biggest fight that you are in is to deal with the inferiority complex in your life. And I'm going to share some things with you this morning. So, Job says, the way you deal with an inferiority complex is that I know what you know. I'm not inferior to you. So anytime I don't know what you know in business, I feel the inferior one when I'm in your presence. Let me give you an example. Let me give you an example. So, Let's take Chicago out of the way. I get to preach in Atlanta. I fly in on Saturday about 11 a.m. The concierge assigned to take care of us. Just as we got over the plane, he was somewhat concerned about the number of bags that we had. So he signaled the driver to prepare for us to come. We got outside and had the limousine waiting for us. Hold on, hold on, hold on. They both quickly the ba- handled the bags and took us to the hotel, which was too far from the airport. What well, is not not too far from the airport? On arrival, all bookings were taken care of, and when we opened the air-conditioned r- bedroom, the hotel room, the bouquet of flowers and the fruit basket made the place truly welcoming. About an hour after our arrival, our hosting pastors met us downstairs and took us to their pri- in their private car downtown to an amazing, for an amazing lunch. Dessert was incredible. As we left, they arranged that we via the clothing store to purchase some suits and dress suits, shirts. <laughs> After an hour of browsing, I preferred to be taken back to the hotel to prepare for the morning service. Much to their disappointment for us because I didn't purchase anything. We stayed at home that night and stayed in the hotel that night and early the next morning biden was back at the hotel door to collect us for service on the way he stopped to show us Clifford dollars church then another quick stop over to show us evander Holyfield's house where they were where they were making a movie coming back to america they're doing it again we got to the church we had a glorious time sold it in the books and straight after that we went to the best steakhouse in atlanta while at the lunch table we were told we were going to see an NFL game live that night. Lunch is done, but we had to via Tyler Perry Studios to see the incredible work he's doing and the kind of favor upon his life. Then back to the hotel to quickly to prepare for the evening's live game. Right on time, the limo is downstairs, and we're taken to the game, dropped off near the gate. We get the most amazing seats in the house. Byron taking care of us and goes and buys hot dogs and all the toppings, with large drinks so we can take in the whole NFL experience. We also get to purchase any me- memorabilia on the expense. We get home Sunday night, close to midnight, exhausted, but I have to pack because we have to leave on Monday. Early Monday morning, on the drivers alive, arrive again with a limo. Our hosts arrive with I- clothing items and chocolates and an honorarium. You want to know how much? It's none of your business. Hold on. They bless us as we're taken to the airport and escorted all the way to where Byron can no longer continue with us down the journey. You see, we're safe; everything's taken care of. We arrive in New York at two thirty that day. What have I just done? Question to you this morning: How do you feel? No, no, no. If you look at no, 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 you're in church and you have got to use that word. But the truth is that you feel inferior to me. Why? Because you don't know what I know. He says, What you know, I also know. I'm not inferior to you. How do we deal with the inferiority complex? I don't bring you see water, I get you to go and see the water. The way we deal with the inferiority complex is that we let people experience what we experience. Other than that, you come and worship at my feet, you don't need to do that. Oh, wow, amazing. No, the reason why I'm your pastor and the reason why God has given me and why we pray for you on the other side is that you never feel inferior. The way you kill the inferiority is when you know what people know. So when you come back and you go to Rome or you go to Atlanta and you're taking the NFL game, you come back and I say, guys, let me tell you about the NFL game. You stand and say, oh yeah, I also went. And I sat on that seat over there and you know the experience is amazing. Did you see the, 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 all, all the lights and, 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 and the, the, the screens and the amazing way There, I mean, you know what I know. So you're not inferior to me anymore. What we like to do in the village, we don't tell anybody the secrets. And yet, when you got born again, when you got born again, Second John, Second John chapter, where am I? Come on, guys, work with me. Uh, 1 John 2.20 But you have an anointing from the Holy One. Tell your neighbor, I'm a know-it-all. This is why you need the gift of discernment. Because the Holy Spirit is going to show you and tell you things that come from God. He's going to guide you. He's going to tell you when to sow. He is, what's He doing? He's breaking the inferiority complex. He's removing the idea that you, are, I'm the only one that hears the Holy Spirit. He's working with you so you can break from the inferiority and also come up to a level where you don't feel inferior to anybody the same Holy Spirit on the inside of me is on the inside of you. You are know-it-all. Tell your neighbor, I am a know-it-all. Because you have an unction to function. You have an unction from the Holy One. You mean to tell me you have a desire to go to the United States and to go shopping in New York and, and the Holy Spirit not lead you there? God does nothing outside of love. Without a seed and outside of faith. Let me tell you, I, I'm in Chicago and I took some books and for the board, I gave everybody a copy. And one of the guys out of Durban, a businessman, comes to and says, Max, this is phenomenal. I tell you what you do I'm gonna buy, I, I need 20 in, in, in Durban, but bill me for 100. Take the 80, sow it to where you need to sow it, but I'm buying into your project. Listen, that's a thousand U.S. dollars. You cannot outgive God. God, man, if I tell you, you know, an honorary mean dollars is really good. I had my wife kissing me all over. You are an amazing man. You are a... Not because I'm smart. Not because I'm skilled. Have understanding. Because when time and chance came, I sowed my seed. I moved with God. And allowed God to govern my life. Give me the book of Esther. God is trying to remove that feeling inside of you that traveling across the globe or writing a book is only for certain people. God has got a plan for your life. God, there's a talent on the inside of you. But what you need to add to it is time and chance. So you know the story with Esther. There was a woman by the name of Vashti. And when I teach on culture, um, when we back, I'm not here next week. Pastor Brian's preaching again. Because the demand on the gift has has become a bit. So we got our youth conference. I'll be preaching with the youth on Friday nights. That's coming. That's good. I'm going to teach them about how to operate in the favor of the Lord. Watch our children come into theirs. You watch them, 19, 20 years old. They'll be traveling the globe. I'm watch, 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 watch. Next week, I'm preaching at in Eden, with Eden Constance out in El Dorado Park and his conference over there. So, bit of a challenge, but we're good. We're good. There's plenty going on, but it's good. You're also having to grow up as a son and daughter of God, knowing that you come to church on a Sunday, receive your word, and handle what's in the house. Come on, somebody. You haven't come for Twinkies, you haven't come for dessert only, you can sit and you can handle the steak. Come on somebody, say amen. It's time for the church to grow up because God is pushing us. Things are happening in King's School for Brian and the schools are opening up again and God's doing, you need to clap your hands because it's happening. It's happening. It's happening. As Pastor Brian's been pushing me and getting things sorted out, God's elevating him and Aaron as well. And every person that you're pushing up to help make it happen for them, that means you're in the same queue. You're coming up as well in Jesus' name. Are you hearing me this morning? So you need to understand how this book starts because the book was about a woman by the name of Vashti. She was a queen. But because she could not handle the kind of power, remember there's the person, there's the principles, and that's the power. So she could not handle the power as a queen. And when the, when, when, when the husband, the king, calls and says, hey, it's time to party. Bring her here. And he's drunk. She says, I'm not coming. So all the leaders get around and they said, their advisors, what must be done with this woman Vashti? Because she's dishonored her husband. They said, the problem is not that she just dishonored her husband. What she's done is going to affect the whole kingdom if we don't address her. Because all the wives will treat their husbands that way. You can't live up here with dishonor. Please hear me. Please hear me. We'll teach on the culture because the same Saul that, that was king never had the culture of God's presence in his life. David, the first thing David did when he became king, and he got up to he went to fetch the presence of God. Let's get back to our stories. Let's understand this. So is put out; they must now find queens, somebody to replace her. Look how powerful this is. Then we can end. It was when the king's command and decree were heard and when many young women were gathered at Shushan at the citadel under the custody of Hegai. Hegai is now the mentor, the one that's going to say, "We'll decide who is going to come into the presence of the king and what is required before you come in there." That's why you need a mentor. Because some of you are going to get the business deals and opportunities God's putting before you, but because of your ignorance around boardroom tables, you need somebody to guide you through these time, places. This young girl has got no understanding, so she needs understanding, and she needs to discern the hour that she's in. So now there is this person that's in the palace that has got inside information about what the king likes. Watch. Under the custody of Hegar, that Esther was also taken to the king's palace into the care of Hegar, the custodian of the woman. Now, the young woman, that's Esther, pleased him. And she obtained his favor. When God starts to promote you in the season, you now need to learn how to handle the, the corridors of power. You don't bring your own thing into the boardroom tables, around the boardroom tables. The kind of stuff that God done for us and the kind of opportunities He's bringing before us to do things all in the United States and locally. I mean, you're going to have to learn how to behave up here. In fact, you've got to do it before you bring up here. Because there's something around here I found with these people, they've got something called table manners. And there's no card to tell you what the table manners are. You mess up with the table manners, they don't bring you up here again. One chance. You need to discern the hour that you are in. She obtained his favor and so he readily gave beauty preparations to her. Besides her allowance. Oh man. Discerning the time Maximizing your moment, she gets her moment, and the favor of God upon her life rests. Then seven choice maid servants were provided for her from the king's palace, and he moved her. God's gonna move somebody in the season. God's I said God's gonna move somebody in the season because everything that God is doing in every time that He's busy with it's just a test. It's just a test of how you're going to handle this level. When you get invited to sit around tables and, 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 and help serve, don't bring that attitude. Don't bring that slup stuff up here in the worship team. No. When you're supposed to be an usher, when God gave you an opportunity, that was your moment. You must discern it and maximize your moment. Seven choice, made seven super right for and they moved her and the maidservants to the best place in the house of the woman. So that tells you all the women are there and everybody's got a place. But there's also the best place in the place. You're missing it. That means that, that everybody can be a teller or anybody, everybody can be a call center agent. But they can all be sitting where there's no air con. Because you have favor, they'll give you the best place in the place. Can I prophesy that over somebody this morning? You're gonna get find the best place in the place. Come on, somebody, shout a hallelujah. Esther had not revealed her people or family, so Esther's not should she shouldn't be up here. But Mordecai had charged her not to reveal it, so her mentor. On the outside is Mordecai. On the inside is Haggai. And saying, "Don't behave like that around these people." Now's not the time to reveal where you come from. Some of you are giving the people too much information on social media. You know, the truth is, I put out stuff on social media, but it's fish and chips, man. Give them leftover scraps to. Go. Oh, amazing! You ain't seen nothing yet. I can't share the real stuff on there. People will get really, really jealous. I'm telling you, the kind of stuff that God has done and God is doing. And every day, Mordecai, look at why you need a mentor. He's pacing up and down, Graham. He's pacing up and down. I'm looking out for you. I'm looking out where you're going to. The decisions that you make. Financial decisions. Your family, your home. I'm looking out for Luffy. I'm finding Dubai. What does it mean for us? What is God saying? Ronaldo in business. What is God saying? This is me standing and pacing around your whole life, your family. Now's not the time to go and buy big mag wheels. Tell your wife, now's not the time. And I'm not kidding. We're busy building something. Now's not the time to go and buy more ice creams. Near, get on the road and go and jump, something, whatever, whatever. No, I, had, I have to, I'm doing the same. So I'm speaking to you like I'm speaking to me. I was on the road, got off a plane and on the road last night because I've got to get going because there's things that must be done. So he says, Mordecai placed in front of the court of the women's quarters to learn of Esther's welfare and what was happening to her. That's why you need a mentor. That's Why you need to be trained because some of you have not discerning the moment. I'm telling you by the Spirit of God, the things are moving, things are happening, and then you come back after a year and say, Ah, God doesn't care. This faith thing doesn't work. What was the problem? It wasn't faith, it was your discernment in the hour when God was moving. The one guy that's riding, he's got his wife in Paris the beginning of the year when we were fasting and praying, he misses 21 days of fast. He comes to the service the Sunday, and we're going to have a special service Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. He tells his wife, we missed fasting the whole 21 days, but we're not going to miss this wave. We're going to just sit in the service, and we're going to get blessed also. That's a wise man right there. Because he's discerning the moment. Are you discerning what God is saying? Each young woman's turn came to go into the king, to, into to King Azarias, after she had completed twelve months. Twelve months of preparation. God is not wasting your time; He's been preparing you for one conversation, for one moment. Are you discerning the time and are you maximizing the moment with God? It says, according to the regulations for the woman, for thus were the days of their preparation, apportioned six months with oil of myrrh, and six months with perfumes and preparations for beautifying women. I mean, you smelt her before you saw her. Thus prepared, each young woman went to the king and she was given whatever she desired to take with her from the women's quarters to the king's palace. So basically, this is master chef, there's your fridge. Fetch whatever you want, make us this meal. All the women had the same th- opportunity. Watch. In the evening, when in the evening she went, and in the morning she returned to the second house of the woman, to the custody of Shazgaz. Oh, that's a beautiful name for your child, eh? The king's eunuch who kept the concubines. She would not go into the king again unless the king delighted in her and called her by name. So the king says, Bring them in one by one. And then the one who comes back the second time is the one whom the king delights in. The rest are just like they're good, but they're just ordinary. They're just ordinary. Now when the turn came for Esther, the daughter of Abihel, the uncle of Mordecai, who had taken her as his daughter to go into the king, she requested nothing but what the the mentor was saying she should take in. She didn't say, I always like, I don't like the red, red. Do you understand? That's worship. Worship's not about you. You don't come and give God what you want. The Bible says the father's looking for worshipers. So we come to give him what he wants. It's not what we want. You'll, I don't like that song they sang this morning. It wasn't about you. It wasn't about you. <laughs> you better repent. Because this stuff that God's doing is not about us. So she says, whatever you decide, you know what the king likes. Tell me what he wants. The custodian of the woman advised and Esther obtained favor in the sight of all who saw her. Not because Esther was clever. Esther got favor because she asked for a mentor to discern and maximize the moment. Watch. Watch. So Esther was taken to King Azariah into his royal palace in the tenth month, which is the month of Tibet, in the seventh year of his reign. The king loved Esther more than all the other women, and she obtained grace and favor in his sight more than all the virgins. So he set the royal crown upon her head and made her queen instead of Vashti. Do you understand that all the there are many women that are looking for husbands. But because you're honoring God and the favor of the Lord's upon your life, you get selected out of the crowd. Because you're now learning to discern the moment. Discerning time and maximizing the moment. Because of time, I can't even speak about Rebecca and how she went and fed all the camels because... They went looking for a a wife, for Isaac, and she discerned a moment and said, today is that day. Everything that God has done in and through our lives, from going to Bible school, to sowing seed, to coming here, to even putting the the tent here. They were busy digging where the parking lot is. And the Holy Spirit spoke to me and says, I spoke to you. You can't have it there. I had to leave my prayer meeting middle of the day and I said just get the tractor off here please. Because God just threw a word inside of me he says acquiescence. I'm like what does it mean? He says you agreeing on something that I said not. You know it's not right. And I came and said just get the tra- tractors off here. I had to remeasure everything and said the Lord said put it here. Discernment. Amen. Maximizing the moment how are you living? Because anytime somebody's discerning the moment, the favor of the Lord comes with it. Anytime you choose to go and follow God and hear what God is saying, it then moves you into your season. It brings you into what God has got for you. You have an unction from the Holy One and you know all things. This is the reason why I'm preaching this message this morning. To come from behind, to be an outcast, to be born into a village. Here's the truth. We don't know enough. That's why we need the Holy Spirit. Aaron, while the Lord's putting you through these boardrooms and these meetings, every single day your confession has got to be make me sensitive to your leading. Because I'm watching people that come from a village, they get one deal. What are you going to do with a hundred thousand rand? And you're jumping up and down and buying cell phones and going crazy. Sit down, man. Sit down. We haven't started yet. You're bragging and boasting about stuff we haven't even started yet. We haven't built the stuff. What I'm trusting God will hear me a hundred million dollars in our hands. And we're not going to choke. I said we're not going to choke. We're going to do what God has called us. You mean to tell me God will take me all the way across the oceans and make me look at these business people, look at CNN, go to Coca-Cola, go to the aquarium, Look. go to Tyler Perry Studios, understand that if we put a script together for a movie, we can make a movie out of what we need to be doing. You mean to tell me God will take me all that way and not help us deliver? What is the problem? It's discernment. Are you discerning this moment? Or are you acting like you know it all? We haven't started yet, church. We haven't started yet. We have an unction from the Holy One. You must discern the hour that you're in. Because sometimes even your children will look at you and hate you for not discerning the hour that you're supposed to be in. some wives are frustrated because men are not discerning their moment when God says step out of that water out of that boat and walk on that water. I'm not telling you to do it tomorrow. I'm asking what's the Holy Spirit telling you? Because I'm not here to even fund you. I will, I will sow seed into your, into your journey. But the truth is that you need to go and experience Atlanta and this for yourself. And you're going to pay your own way. And you're going to have your own favor. And you're going to experience it for yourself. And you're going to, oh no manner thank you. Shout louder, amen in this. Yeah. You know what I know. You're not inferior to me. That's the whole purpose of this thing. Is to show you the principles of how to function. So that your family can come in. Your children can come in. And you can discern this moment. Do you know when God's saying to leave the job or to stay in that job? Do you know that this is the person I should marry or I I need to stay away from that particular person? Where do I go? With who do I go? When do I go? All of that the Holy Spirit will tell you. Let me give you the final one. The flight from New York to Dubai. legroom, Really good space had a great time the second one is a smaller plane but I also book leg room so I get onto the plane and as I get to the door Pastor Holland how are you doing? I'm like hello now my mind's going who is this person? God bless you where's Pastor Zina? I'm like okay she's still in New York you pray for her and when she comes on the plane you help her as well get home so I'm sitting there I'm thinking who is this person? can't remember But I'm sitting in this seat, but it's right on the side and it's really uncomfortable because two other people next to me and so even though it's legroom, it's uncomfortable. She comes and she stands with an iPad. She says, I've rearranged your seating for you if you'd like. And so you're going to be sitting at this place over here. I can't really sort of business class for you, but I can do this for you. And she sets up the whole seating for me. She moves me. She says, take your bags. We'll help you. And everybody's like, what's up with this guy? I'm like, favor ain't fair. I'm here. Yeah. Go and seat myself there. She comes by. She says, anything that you need, I'm here for you. I'll bring your cappuccino in the morning. And by the way, she goes off. She comes back. She fetches whatever they serve in business class. She comes. She says, this is yours. Everybody else is like, uh... Just because you got a seat in the plane doesn't mean you have the favor of God. From today, I'm asking the Holy Spirit to do something upon your life. That the gift of discernment to know what flight to take, where to stay, where to move, when to buy, when to sell. That the gift of discernment of discernment is going to be activated in this house this morning. That every one of the sons and daughters will be able to navigate these waters. Please stand and worship the Lord.